Uh, I ate 18 Slim Jims in one day. We combined? Not just one day, like four hours. Yeah, no, we all combined to eat like 26 Slim Jims in a four-hour period, but Murphy ate 18 of them. Yeah, that was... In hindsight, that was a bad decision. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Indiana Daily Student Football Podcast, your home for all the latest and greatest in IU football news. Cameron Drummond coming at you from inside beautiful Franklin Hall alongside Sean Mintert and Murphy Wheeler, our IU football reporters. We have a victorious game podcast for you this week. The Hoosiers are now 1-0 following their opening victory, 38-28 at Florida International. We were all there. It's going to be a wild time kind of recapping the road trip, the game, and also looking ahead to what the Hoosiers have to do this week in their home opener against the Virginia Cavaliers this Saturday night. But before we get too far into the X's and O's of things, just want to ask you guys how you're doing today. Is it sunny outside? We yeah, it's actually nice outside. Um, you know, that always makes my day better when I can look up and see the sun smiling at me through my window. So, yeah, it's, it's been a great day so far. I'm still recovering because not only did we <laughs> go to Miami, <laughs> we drove to Miami and did, back. Did I forget that part? We, you did, and it was I'm about sure 38 how. hours of driving. I counted 36 um, and a half, so let's not get crazy. By, oh, wow. by myself, um, I was the only one that drove. It was your car. Thank you for that. Sean did offer. I Cam offered. is um, not allowed to drive my car ever. <laughs> Why am I not allowed to drive your car? I have a you license. You do not know how to drive. I don't believe. You do not know how to drive. We're putting this on the internet permanently. Yes, you Cameron Drummond does not know how to drive. Yes, don't let him fool you. You've never driven out of your suburban <laughs> neighborhood. The, I, I am the suburban elite. Yep. Well, that you said that, not me. <laughs> yeah, you put those words um, out there. But no, really, the next day I was I was spent. I, yeah. I couldn't hardly keep my eyes open throughout the day because I was very very tired. We got back at what, like four a.m. or Monday something? morning. Yeah, yeah. Monday morning, four a.m. Um, got a speeding ticket. That yeah. was cool. Hey, let's let, let's save it. For, let's save it for the chronological order. Okay, fine. All right. So let's start with the FIU game before we get too more into Murphy Wheeler's driving or poor driving record, I should say. <laughs> it's pretty poor. State of Tennessee knows all about that. So the Hoosiers opened the 2018 season a 38-28 victory at Florida International at Ricardo Silva Stadium. Relatively comfortable game for the Hoosiers. They were down 7 nothing after a Peyton Ramsey interception on their opening drive, but then after that they go up 14-7 on a Jonathan Crawford pick six. Don't really look you know, too far back after that. I was kind of in control for most of the game. Uh, you know, kind of assuming that we've all had a couple of days to either watch the game, hear about it, digest it, read our IDS content about it. What stood out to you two guys from that game? Uh, you know, whoever can start first. Whoever's feeling the most jovial today? Uh, well, the one thing I kind of took away – was the fact that Indiana, you know, while they never really, you know, that that they were always comfortably in the lead, they never really took advantage and slammed the door mm-hmm. on FIU. And, and that's something that they're going to have to do against better opposition. Um, just because, you know, when you have the opportunity, you know, they forced three turnovers and they forced another fumble that they didn't recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you're given the ball like that by the opposing team's offense, you have to capitalize and you have to – be able to slam the door when they're just giving your offense free possessions, and they and they couldn't do that, and it didn't come back to haunt them in that one. But I think that's sort of a, a just just a precaution, or, or you know, when you get those opportunities, you have to you have to be able to to take advantage and to put teams away, and that's something that I'm sure the coaches noticed, and something that hopefully doesn't rear its head uh, this week. Yeah, and I think a lot of that falls on the defense. And, you know, they made some big plays. Jonathan Crawford obviously had the pick six. 
Uh, they forced a couple fumbles. They had three takeaways. But honestly, the defense really wasn't that impressive um, overall. Like you said, they gave we, they gave up 28 points. Um, and like you said, they just never could close the door. Um, but offensively, I was impressed um, overall, especially with the quarterbacks. I wrote about it after the game. Um, both quarterbacks played really well. Peyton Ramsey and Michael Penix Jr. both got quite a few snaps. Ramsey got through the ball 27 times. Penix Jr. threw it 10 times. Um, but Ramsey, I thought, bounced back really well after that first drive when he threw an interception. I think he completed – after that, I think he completed nine or ten passes in a row. Um, he threw three touchdowns. Um, the first half, he looked completely in control. And even when he came back later in the second half, I think it was in the fourth quarter, yeah. he still looked really good. He still looked really poised. And then Penix Jr. came in after sitting out the entire first half and played really well. I mean, he he was really accurate. He was really efficient, threw a touchdown, had a 34-yard completion. Um, he did everything that you wanted him to do, um, especially as a true freshman without any experience coming into the game at, in a, at the college level. Um, so just the fact that he was able to sit out the entire first half and still come in and look pretty much flawless, um, it, was, it was a great sign for IU. Right, yeah, and not only did Michael Penick sit out the entire first half, he also sat out, sat out the first drive of the third quarter before making his yeah, college he debut. Did. Comes in and leads IU on two relatively lengthy drives, both of them. Both of them points, scored. Yeah, 10 total points in two drives before he gets the hook for Peyton Ramsey. Not because of bad play or anything, but just more because, hey, there were six minutes left in the game. I just wanted to really see out the victory because of Sean's point that IU never really slammed the door on the Golden Panthers. So let's go piece by piece here since we were actually all three there watching the game from overflow press tent number two at the Carter Silva Stadium. Yikes. Yikes is correct. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, that's correct. The IU offense... Penix, Ramsey, and we also had Cole Guest get injured. We should maybe should have mentioned that earlier. Torn ACL in the first half, so he's done for the season. IU's running game probably going to lean on Stevie Scott now, you figure, in non-conference play. But just from the offensive side of things, what stood out and what, I guess, with the Cole Guest injury, what kind of is the narrative on the offensive side of the ball looking forward before Virginia? Uh, well, I was really impressed by, you know, the quarterback's ability to spread the ball around. There was – Six players with at least two catches for IU. Um, and, you know, you had Luke Timian and Nick Westbrook were the leaders in, in catches and yards, um, just kind of like we expected them to. Westbrook w didn't really get a whole lot going. Donovan Hale was definitely uh, a, a huge factor too. But but I liked how, you know, they didn't want to lean on – you know, you saw a lot last year where it would just sort of turn into leaning on semi Cobbs in the passing game. And it, it looked nice. You know, Ty Freifogel made five catches. Hale had four for 60 and two touchdowns. Westbrook had five. Timian had six. It was a bunch of guys getting involved in the offense um, from the passing game perspective, which is going to make them a lot harder to cover if they can continue to spread it, spread the ball around and they can, can continue to, to have their wide receivers be real weapons. Yeah, and I think the passing game is going to be a strength of this offense all season. You talk about Cole Guest's injury, though, and that's kind of where the question mark is now at running back. With Guest out, Morgan Ellison still suspended. No, um, no update on that either. Tom yeah, Allen no timetable. Monday that the indefinite suspension for Morgan Ellison is still in place, and there's really not much changed on that front. Right, and so, yeah, Stevie Scott, like you said, the freshman, he's going to be kind of the feature back now. And he, I mean, he played well against Florida International. He didn't do anything. He is. He's huge. He's a big dude. Um, he kind of seems like a younger Morgan Ellison in a way, just the kind of the way he runs and whatnot. Um, but he he played well. He didn't do anything spectacular, but he had 20 carries, 71 yards, 
Um, and he got the job done. And I think that's really all IU needs from that running back position right now, just because the passing is kind of the strength of that offense. Um, and, you know, I don't know who else is going to see time at running back now. Um, Majette might get a few more carries. I think he had two carries. He had five, five carries, five actually. Carries. That, that kind of surprised me. I didn't think he had five carries. And his biggest contribution was a nine-yard touchdown pass he caught from Penix. Right. Yeah, he did have a receiving touchdown. And then maybe we see more of Reese Taylor, another freshman, yeah, we'll um, yeah. in the rushing game. Uh, maybe – I don't know where – uh, when Ronnie Walker Jr., another freshman, is kind of kind of getting into the offense, he's, maybe at all. He's been injured a bit coming out of fall camp, but you got to think too, as a freshman, he's still got a bit of a learning curve to so, yeah. get adjusted to as well. As you can see, there's a huge learning curve for the entire running backs position as a whole, just because there's a lot of young guys here. You could maybe say that their two main options right now at that position are Scott and Taylor. Yeah, and those are two true freshmen. I mean, maybe you can throw Majette in there, but. Yeah, I just don't really know what we'll see. I think we're going to see a lot of Stevie Scott, though, in the near future. Yeah, I could see that as well. And let's talk, let's dive right into the Reese Taylor experience. So he has his first yeah. game as a Hoosier, as a true freshman this past Saturday night. Gets involved all over the field. He's playing defensive back. He's lining up at wide receiver. He's lining up, you know, kind of in, in the running back position. He's taking, you know, jet sweep plays. He broke, a, I think it was a 34-yard run or 36-yard run, which yeah. is basically IU's longest play from scrimmage after taking a really 32. Huge 32, Sorry. excuse me. One of IU's longest plays from scrimmage where he took like a really big hit, kind of bounced off it, then cut up the middle of the field. How does he change this offense? I mean, obviously now with Cole Guest's injury, you figure he takes on more of a dynamic role, a more active role. Tom Allen said you can expect to see more of him in the IU offense. But just what does Reese Taylor bring to this team that maybe IU hasn't had in past years, and especially with this year's team with the injuries they've already had? I mean, he's just a playmaker. Um, and I think IU's got to – get the ball in there in his hands, you know, as, as much as he can handle. Because, um, you know, we saw his ability to, to run the ball, you know, going outside around around the tackles and, and stuff like that. And you saw his speed and his ability to bounce. Because he took a big hit on that 32-yard run. Walls, and he just yeah. kept going. So his ability to take hit, which isn't something you see too often in a freshman, much less a freshman of his size. You know, um, a guy that small, you know, you wouldn't – expect him to be able to take a hit like that and just bounce up and keep going and his his ability to to be a receiving threat to be a running threat even to be a throwing threat uh, I don't know I doubt he'll see any time at quarterback um, in the near future yeah, but barring anything yeah I mean but still trick plays stuff like that that can open up a whole a whole kind of box of tricks that we didn't really see from Mike DeBoard's offense last year um, so just having a kind of jack-in-the-box or jack-of-all-trades um, in, in the in that offense um, is is a really exciting prospect, and I just think they need to get him the ball. Yeah. We didn't pass a lot of Jack in the Boxes on our way to and from Florida. I'm glad about I, that. I don't remember one Jack. There were a lot more crystals and Zaxby's Waffle Houses. Yeah, there was a lot of Waffle Houses. Every time. exit, about. I dabbed every time that we drove by a Waffle yeah, House. It got real annoying real quick. But I kept doing it. On our way to the Reese Taylor experience. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, actually. It's like the Jimi Hendrix experience. Right, but it's Reese Taylor. A really bad lead to a, a story would be like... Welcome to the Reese Taylor experience? Yeah, welcome to the Reese Taylor experience all along the football field or something oh, no. like that. Oh, that was no. a really bad... Oh, no. I told you it was a really bad lead. Yeah, it no, is bad. Welcome to the Reese Taylor experience, period. All along the football field... Period, and you just keep going with like voodoo Jimmy child. That's not even no. That's not even trying. Like you're just saying Jimi Hendrix songs no, at that point. All right, Reese anyway, Taylor, your thoughts. Reese Taylor, he's super versatile. He's not um, Jimi Hendrix. He's, he's not Jimi Hendrix. 
Um, wow. Um, oh, Re- too late. <laughs> Reese Taylor, you know, he, like I said, is very versatile, um, gives him an option at basically any position you can think of. Um, and we've already touched on everything, basically. But one thing I will say is, you know, we are still probably going to see him some defensively as well. I mean, he's still a defensive back. He's still probably going to play some cornerback. Um, I don't know. We'll just see. We're going to see a ton of Reese Taylor, but it's just going to be at different positions all the time. We're not going to see a lot of running back Reese Taylor, or wide receiver Reese Taylor, or cornerback Reese Taylor. We're going to see all of them together, and Reese Taylor is going to be on the field maybe as much as anybody on this team, in my opinion. Right, and I think we'll probably start seeing a, lot, a little bit less of him on defense if he is to take on this. Yeah, we will. I would like to see him play a offense. different role or, or a different position every series. Almost like just, a, like the baseball player who would play like all nine. Mm-hmm. So you want yeah. like Julius Peppers? I want I want <laughs> center Reese Taylor. You want Reese Taylor at what kicker? You want him to replace sure. Logan Justice? Sure. Let's see maybe, what he's got. Maybe, maybe he's, he's got a leg. He can probably he can do everything else on the field. Wait, it wasn't Julius Peppers. I said Julius Peppers. Who's the guy from Jalil Peppers? Sorry, Jabril Peppers. Jabril. God. <laughs> okay, Murphy's. Done. I quit. And we've mu- muted I Murphy's quit. microphone, so he is no longer speaking. I've actually muted your microphone, so like no one can hear you right now. I, I resigned. <laughs> I take that back. I muted the wrong microphone. Anyway, <laughs> so one of the big disappointments from the game from Tom Allen's perspective, like you mentioned on Monday, was actually the play of Ayer's offensive line. Actually, both of Ayer's lines. Let's talk about the offensive line and the defensive line. The Hoosiers, they did okay on offense. A total of 213 rushing yards. We talked about the play of Penix and Ramsey, only one sack against Ayer's quarterbacks. But Tom Allen was still a bit frustrated, saying that the offensive line didn't finish. Uh, out blocks, finish out drives the way that he wanted them to. And particularly on the defensive line, he was disappointed in the amount of pressure IU was able to get on either of uh, FIU's quarterbacks, whether it was James Morgan or Christian Alexander, who was back there. And also he thought that there was a lot of missed fits from the defensive line and the linebackers, just missed assignments, not sticking in the right gap, not sticking with the man, which led to some big plays on the FIU side of the ball. But how did you guys grade out the line play for IU kind of you know polar opposites too with the offensive line being you know veteran experience laden while the defensive line is a a cast of new characters really yeah I think the offensive line did well I mean I'd probably give them if we're actually grading them I think I would give them around a B B minus something like that Uh, nothing spectacular but they got the job done like we said and they're going to be super important now that you know the running back position is kind of up in the air um, but they are a lot more experienced, and you know they still have a ways to go. Because again, last year that was a weakness of some sorts for this team. And they're, I mean, it's just because they have a little bit more experience doesn't mean you know they're going to come in and be a completely different unit. They're just going to be maybe a little bit you know more used to how to how to do things in the middle of a game in a game like situation. Uh, the defensive line wasn't as you know impressed. I yeah. mean, I, I thought there was hardly any pass rush. Um, like you said, a few missed assignments, something they like that. They only got one sack. Yeah, and I I can't even remember what that sack was. Right. Was that like I the think one it was Stallings? Yeah, I believe so. Um, or did they give it? They gave it to Stallings at first at the game, it but it was end up being Jerome Johnson. Jerome Johnson, correct. Um, but yeah, I, they definitely need. They're gonna switch in a lot of different guys there on that line, um, and they need to. They need some depth there, and they need you know to get some of these younger guys in there and you know get them some reps. But yeah, they still they have a much longer way to go. I feel like just because it felt like the pass rush was non-existent at times. Yeah, I think both lines performed just about as I expected. Um, just considering that going into the season, that 
we didn't really consider the defensive line to be a real strength of this team. Nor has it been. Uh, yeah, and, and it wasn't. Years, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the offensive line, you know, I, I was expecting them to at least show some signs of sort of turning the corner and, and making real progress from where they left off last year. And I think we saw that. Um, you know, no no one running back really broke out, and I don't think we're ever really going to see that this year. You know, I don't expect Stevie Scott to start throwing up 100-plus yards a game. Right. Um, I, it's going to be a group effort, and as long as they can keep churning out, you know, 200 yards on the ground every game um, or even, you know, 175 or something like that, just consistent production on the ground. Um, and if it looks like what it did on, on Saturday night, then that's fine with me. Right. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like IU actually had, like I said, 213 rushing yards in that game against FIU, but you probably wouldn't have thought Yeah, it, it didn't look like it. it. Right. Yeah. It's just a bunch of guys kind of combining because you have Scott with 70, Taylor with 40 on only three rushes, Ramsey 36 on some scrambles, while Philly was in on some jet sweeps as well, got 23. Majette had 19 on five carries. So it's really going to be, I guess, kind of what Mike Hart said before the season is going to come to reality, you know, um, a bunch of guys in that room who can do it, not just really one feature back because that's kind of out the window with Ellison out suspended anyway. Yeah, um, you know, that that just, you know, you're calling on a lot of depth in that running back room, and it's really it really remains to be seen whether that depth is actually there. Um, you know, Stevie Scott showed some flashes. We didn't see Ricky Brookins at all. Uh, Mike Majette wasn't really effective um, just like last year. So once they get into Big Ten play, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, they can keep churning out this kind of production. Um, it's definitely going to get harder, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if that running back room is really there yet um, just because of what they've lost already and, you know, the inexperience or, you know, disappointing results that we've seen in the past. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's if they're really where they need to be. Right. And I guess let's take, um, you know, the defensive line stuff that we just talked about a second ago and kind of expand it in general to the defense. Tom Allen immediately after the game said he didn't feel great about the defensive performance on Monday. He kind of echoed those thoughts, said he really didn't like what he saw on film too much. I used secondary. I thought played decently well. They had a couple of costly penalties against them, specifically Ashawn Riggins. Who had, had two or three? Two or three on yeah. him. A couple holdings, I think a DPI as well that extended some FIU drives. Yeah. Uh, like we mentioned, not a ton of big plays on the defensive side of the ball, barring the takeaways. It was almost like, you know, kind of caught an all or nothing, right? IU was either taking the ball away or they are kind of getting gassed for a significant amount of yards in there. Yeah, and Allen said in particular he was not happy with the linebackers, right? Yeah. He said he, he was going to challenge them this week and already has challenged them, even though Damian Willis Jr. led the team in tackles of right. six. Um, and then Raquan Jones had three. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean – I, like you said, I think secondary was impressive at times. Again, when you have guys like Jonathan Crawford and Marcelino Ball and those kind of guys back there, they're going to make some big plays. Crawford is a very, very good veteran player, um, and we saw what he can do, you know, I mean, with that interception. And he had the forced fumble, right? He didn't. But he had the forced fumble for IU's first takeaway. Right. Which was covered by, I think, Devin Matthews. It, right. Incredible game for both Crawford and Hale from the Largo, Florida yeah. area. So, like many Hoosiers going back home, but those two in particular, Crawford scoring his first career touchdown in front of his friends and family. Right. And so, and then the rest of the secondary, I mean, Ashawn Riggins, I feel like, is not going to be making those mistakes a lot this season. I think this might have been just kind of a bad game for him um, with those three penalties. And then Andre Brown Jr. on the at the other cornerback position, he actually made a really nice play at one point where he broke up a pass. Um, he looked okay. I don't know if he recorded any tackles or anything, maybe one. 
Um, but, yeah, I, the thing with this defense is, and Allen said it after the game, there's a lot of young guys in that group. There's a lot of freshmen playing at these different positions, at linebacker, at safety, at, at the Husky position. Right. They've got a lot of different guys that are moving in and out of there, and they're going to make those rookie mistakes. And that that was a lot of what happened. That's why a lot of those big plays happened for Florida International, just because they're young guys. They're, they're just making mistakes out there that, honestly, it seemed like Allen kind of expected just because you got to work through those things. And I suppose from the IU perspective, better to make those mistakes against mm-hmm. a Conference USA team to start the season than at home against Michigan State in five weeks. That's what it's all about. The- That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, the defense, it was it was really – I I mean, I thought it was pretty shaky, to be honest. They didn't look great stopping the run. Um, and that does, you know, like you said, that comes along with a lot of that youth that they have in the middle or, and just general inexperience that they have in the middle of that defense, you know, that's what happens when you replace two linebackers, um, who were really, you know, two of the best defensive players that this school's seen in at least recent memory. Um, let's lump in Rashard Fant there for three. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, but you know, the pass defense looked okay. And, and some of that is, you know, the lack of quality that you saw from FIU's quarterbacks, neither one was all that great. Um, but there's definitely some question marks to be asked. You know, they gave up three touchdowns on the ground. Um, the the pass defense, you know, that was fine. I didn't really have any problem with that. And then their failure to, to really create any pressure on the quarterback, and they only had five tackles for loss against yeah. a Conference USA team, um, which, isn't, which isn't a great look. So – there's definitely plenty to work on. Um, Virginia brings a whole other kind of test. They've got speed all over the place. It'll be really interesting to see if they can keep up. Yeah, it's a good thing to point out, though. We talk about how the pass defense kind of looked a little bit better than the rest of the defense as a whole, but that was also because Florida International didn't really have a true quarterback. They, yeah, they did, I don't think they forth. knew who their starting mm-hmm. quarterback yeah. was. And I mean, neither honestly, of them were very good. No, Correct. neither of them played very well at all. Um, you know, so I, that is maybe something a little concerning just because, um, Virginia has got some weapons and all over the place, just like you said. And one of that is in the passing department. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about Virginia. Let's shall do it. We? So the Cavaliers come into Bloomington with a one and record. They defeated the Richmond spiders of the football championship subdivision in their first game of the season. I believe the score was 42 to 13, 42 to 13. And that's, Significant, not from the standpoint of just them, you know, opening the season with the win, but from the point of Richmond's beaten Virginia and within the past three or four years. This is Bronco Mendenhall's third year at Virginia now, as and as you'll read in Sean's preview, which will go live at IDSnews.com here it's a very bit good. later today. Read it. <laughs> it was an excellent plug, if I say so myself. We got Bronco Mendenhall's first season. They go two and ten, bit of a dumpster fire. Last year they go six and seven. They make the military bowl. They were actually the only team that IU beat last year that reached a bowl game. But then they got whacked by the Naval Academy in that bowl game, something like forty-one to seven. And now Richmond, uh, excuse me, Richmond, Virginia starts off the twenty eighteen season one and zero. And we've talked just amongst ourselves a lot about their quarterback Bryce Perkins. He's originally an Arizona State quarterback who then transferred to Arizona Western Community College, a JUCO and now is in his first season of actually playing at the FBS level with the Cavaliers. Yeah, um, I saw mainly some, most of his highlights. I saw I did some research this morning uh, before I wrote that preview. I saw some of his high school highlights, saw his highlights from their from their win over over Richmond last week and he's he's a dynamic guy. He can make plays with his legs, with his arm. He started the game off with a pick six, which 
is not what you want to do, but he bounced back. Um, he wound up throwing for 185 yards and two touchdowns, and on the ground he ran for 108 yards and two touchdowns. So he was he was making plays all over the place, and him combined with Jordan Ellis in that backfield, uh, their starting running back, that's a dangerous tandem that they've got back there. Ellis ran for almost 150 yards, scored another two touchdowns. So that one-two punch back there is – is really really strong right and that's a bit of a change from what i you saw against virginia last year because last year i uh, excuse me virginia had a senior quarterback really one-dimensional offense where it was just he was going to drop back and throw the ball or they're going to hand it off to ellis and they only got them i think 55 rushing yards against iu in charlottesville whereas this year not only do they have to count for ellis again but you got perkins with that real dual threat capability back there Right, yeah, and they've got all kinds of guys. I mean, it's not just those two guys that we've talked about, Bryce Perkins and Jordan Ellis. We did. We, there's also uh, Zacchaeus, the wide receiver. Okay, honestly, how do you say his first name? Who wants to take a crack at this? <sighs> Olamide? Ola I'm, I'm going to say Olamide. Olamide Zacchaeus? That's, that's what it looks like. Olamide Zacchaeus, yeah. I well, think that's right. Pronunciation doesn't he, he's by far their best. Um, he's from New Jersey. That's cool. He's by far their best weapon in the receiving department. He had six receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown um, last week. Last year he had he set a new single-season UVA record for receptions with 85, just to kind of emphasize how much of the target man he is. Right. So they, they obviously – now, I don't know how much depth they have um, at these different positions. They had a few guys catch – some balls against Richmond. Um, we, I see one, two. I see five guys caught some passes for them. Um, but you know, it, again, these numbers may be a little bloated just because it was against Richmond. Right. They killed them. Um, so I don't know exactly what to expect, but it will be a very tough contest for IU no matter what. Um, I think this is a different team than they saw last year, very and I think so. and I think they're a better team than they saw last year. Now, whether or not IU is in that same position, I don't know. Um, well, I think specifically when you look at the matchup of the Virginia offense versus the IU defense, it couldn't be more skewed into the favor of Virginia. Right. Because you have Virginia completely revolutionizing their offense, changing completely what they from what they had last year against IU, which didn't work, and IU's defense going from the strength that it was last year to, as Sean mentioned, how shaky and uncomfortable it looked against Florida International. It's almost like you took you know, the worst-case scenario for what an IU defense still learning on the fly needs to face, which is not a mobile quarterback and a really good running back and a target clear number one wide receiver. There's something that te that's telling me, obviously, after watching IU after one week, um, this is going to be a shootout. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I think there's going to be a lot of yards gained. There's also some uh, some weather in the forecast for Memorial Stadium, so it could be a slick Saturday night. So. It could be wild. I it could be a very wild. wild game. And I'm looking forward to it. I think it will be fun. Um, because I think these are two similar teams, um, especially offensively, I think. I think Virginia may have a few more weapons offensively. I don't know about their defense. Again, we can't tell a you whole really lot. You really can't infer a lot from giving up yeah. 13 points to Richmond. Right, so you know who knows. But I do think IU's offense is good enough either way to score some points on them. Um, so we're going to see. I think this will be a very, very interesting game. Well, I think the thing to note about from the Virginia defensive perspective is when you look at what Richmond was actually able to do on offense, it wasn't a ton. They only had nine first downs. Eight of them were passing. And even then, you had the, uh, the Richmond quarterback, Kevin Johnson, throwing two interceptions, and they only tallied a total of 34 rushing yards. So if nothing else, the Virginia defense at least was looking pretty strong in that front seven capacity. Yeah. 
I Correct. didn't watch the game. Well, so. I we this game <laughs> we were this game happened while we were in overflow press tent number two at Ricardo Silva Stadium. So we didn't get to watch it. Yeah, right. Because we were dedicated so to the game pretend. in front of us. Let's not pretend like I'm, we did. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm analyzing off of stats right here. I'm doing a great job. Uh, congrats. So before we get too far into the Virginia predictions, let's save that for the final couple minutes of our podcast. Let's talk about the actual method of which we got to see IU defeat Florida International. Very so, true. Let's talk. So as Murphy alluded to earlier, well, forget alluded to, he flat out said it earlier, we drove starting Thursday afternoon and ending Friday early evening from Bloomington to Miami and then left Miami sun- Sunday morning, got back to Bloomington Monday at like 4 a.m. So we drove the combined 36 and a half, 38, 40 hours, whatever you want to whoa, call it. Whoa, 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 <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh, Where no. is this we coming from? <laughs> Sorry, Murphy. Again, let me reiterate. I drove all the hours all the way there. Murphy drove the entire time. I lost my soul somewhere in Georgia <laughs> on the way back. <laughs> we all lost our soul somewhere in, somewhere in Georgia. Georgia's a boring state to drive through. <laughs> it is. It is long. If you're going north, it is takes forever to get through. Well, how, whichever way would you take? North? Would you go east to west or something? You're trying to get to the coast, I guess? I mean, yeah, you can go, you know, east, yeah, west to east, east to west. Yeah. It. It's not as long, but it's still a big state either way. Florida um, was the same. Florida yeah, took Florida. forever to drive through. I think through. Florida might have been. We, we did stop we, on the first night. We did stop in Valdosta, Georgia. So we go Bloomington to Valdosta basically Thursday night. Right, and it, that was a decent drive. We didn't have to drive through Florida, which was helpful. We um, went to a Waffle House that night. We did, and it was electric. We were right there on the Florida Georgia line basically, and then we drove through Florida the next day. Uh, went to a Marlins game. Went to a Miami yep. Marlins okay. baseball game. That's, that was, some, that's a sentence that I never thought I would say That was <laughs> in the next five years. That was a great game we went to, though. Do Honestly, we, do we want to talk a about classic. Justin Smoke? I, Justin Smoke, who I had no idea was still in the league, <laughs> hits a grand slam Pinch in the ninth inning. Slam. Pinch hit grand slam. Two strikes, two outs in the ninth inning. Puts the Blue Jays up by one. They were down by three. They were down five nothing. At yeah, they, some they were point down five one. Five one, five, one into heading the into the ninth. And they emerged six five and, and they victorious. Won. We wild. saw a ton of guys we didn't think were actually still in the big leagues. Justin Smoke, Curtis Granderson, and who's the guy from the Marlins? Um, uh, well, we were surprised Starlin Castro was in Miami. Ripped to his career. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I forget who it was, but it was no one was there. We may have been half quite the quite the experience. Well. I think the Blue Jays might have had the uh, the Marlins fans outnumbered. There were a lot of Canadian. There was a lot of them. Canadian people there. So we go to the Marlins. A lot game. of Canadian people. I just made an at assumption. the Marlins game. Yeah, just made an assumption about Blue Jays fans that they're all Canadian. So yep. I'm gonna apologize for that. Yep, you should. So after the Marlins game, we go to a Nicaraguan restaurant in Little Havana oh in Miami. I almost forgot. How could you forget? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Only one-third of this podcast speaks Spanish, and I can't wait for you to guess who that is. I bet you can guess who it isn't, at least <laughs> one of us. <laughs> and so I was forced to be the first person in the line to order the food, and didn't you guys just get the same thing I did? I, I did. did not. What'd you get? Uh, you got the steak, didn't you? Yeah, what'd you get? I got whatever the beef thing was with like the peppers. and. and oh, was it good? Yeah, it was good. Honestly, they just asked me <laughs> if I wanted it or not, and I just said yes to everything they asked. <laughs> and then when they said how much it was at the count or at the cash register, they said, I, didn't, I didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> because they were saying it in Spanish. And yeah. then they laughed at me. They laughed at me <laughs> to my face. 
how'd that make you feel? I mean, I already felt like an idiot, but I'm a self-aware idiot, so it makes it okay. <laughs> that was a great night. That was, was a world-class night in was. the city that never sleeps, Miami, Florida. Yep. Then we actually That's went what they to, call it. Then we did, like, nothing Saturday until we went to the game. We got locked in the stadium after the game. Got locked in the stadium. Yeah, we that to was climb over yeah. fences. We were considering climbing over a fence. I was going to do it. Yeah. I you was, were ready. I was ready to go. I kind of forgot that we actually got locked in the stadium after the game. That was insane. Yep. That was annoying. And then we leave Sunday morning, and then we drive straight Miami. I mean, some food stops. We went to a KFC. Food and gas. And yeah, we got a bucket KFC. of chicken. Uh-huh. We ate a whole bucket of chicken together like true friends. Mm-hmm. And then what happened in Tennessee, Murph? I got a speeding ticket <laughs> going down a mountain <laughs> in Tennessee, in the middle of Tennessee. But you're recovered now. Shout out to the Grundy County Police Department. I hope they listen. But you feel good now. You feel... No, I feel terrible. You I'm probably going to have to pay a... a well, our, I'm sure our fine, our fine student newspaper will cover those expenses. Mm. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. <laughs> yep. I'm not going to... But physically, you've recovered. Yeah, no, the last, yeah, or what was it? We got back Monday morning at 4 a.m. Monday during the day, I had to go to a family reunion and about fell asleep. Yeah. Um, I thought I was fine. Then I just kind of was sitting there, and I realized I was not fine. I mm-hmm. was going to fall asleep. That's, that would ha- that's what happened. But, yeah, I, I'm fine now, I think. But, again, I lost my soul in Georgia, <laughs> in the Georgia Pines. Georgia, wonderful state. We love Georgia nope. on this podcast. Nope. I tell you what, if Atlanta wasn't there. To give us a little break what, from looking at what absolutely is nothing. Uh, Atlanta and Cobb County. Oh, and the Masters, Augusta. Yeah, we didn't go through there though. No, well, that's a, we that went a, through. That's an oversight though. on our part, then. It was wild. I had so much fun. You drank a lot of soda. I did. Ate a lot of Slim Jims too. Oh, oh yeah, I goodness. forgot about that. Uh, I ate eighteen Slim Jims in one day. We combined, not just one day, like four hours. Yeah, no, we all combined to eat like twenty six Slim Jims in a four hour period. But Murphy ate eighteen of them. Yeah, that was, in hindsight, that was a bad decision. I think in real time we all knew that was a bad decision, but we did it anyway because we stopped caring. Yeah, no, you're right. I probably was dehydrated or something. I may still be. I don't know. So looking forward to Virginia. <laughs> Let's do a quick uh, fourth and one. Who wants it this I'll week? I'll do it. You want it? Yeah. In fact, Sean did it so well last week, though. I, I probably do. won't get it done in a minute. I did do it. Actually, okay. I might get done 30 seconds. A minute's longer than you think. You're probably going to think 30 seconds is a minute because you are dehydrated. Probably. All right. That's okay. One minute on the clock. Ready? Let's do it. First question. Who is IU's leading rusher in the Virginia game? Uh, I'm going to say Stevie Scott. I mean, he's going to get the most carries, so yeah. Who will IU's leading receiver be in the Virginia oh, game? Oh, boy. You know what? I'm going to go with Luke Timian. I think he's kind of like that possession receiver that they're going to need at times to maybe get some big first downs. I think we're going to see a lot of Luke Timian in this game. Over under 45,000 for the attendance. Memorial Stadium holds um, a little bit over 52,000. They hold 52,000? Holds 52, over oh, under man. 45. I'll, also, it's supposed to rain, but it is the home opener, and it is a night game, but it's Virginia. I'll go over just to be optimistic and say just because of the new facilities. I thought there was only three. Yeah, there's one more. Okay. How many sacks does IU record? Two or less, three or more? Uh, Two or less. Still nothing from the pass rush then? Yeah, they may not even get a sack. You never know. Especially with Perkins' mobile ability then. Exactly. That was 46 seconds. I think Look at that. Are, I think wow. you really are and you tried, And you tried to screw me up with that long pause in between. And it didn't work. Can't, can't get in my head. All right. 
Unless you eat 18 Slim Jims, apparently. No, not even that would bring me down. I'm <laughs> fine. I'm on top of my that's, game. That's debatable. You, that had you Googling how much sodium you need to consume. <laughs> that's true. One I did day. have to Google real quick. <laughs> Just to make I sure did get a little worried. Had to drink some water. <laughs> I do remember you actually drinking water out of our Airbnb sink. Yeah, I did that too. I didn't do that because I like to filter my water. Well, look, I'm Congrats. fine. Look at me. Anyway, it's so let's put a bow elite. on this. Virginia is in town Saturday, 7.30 p.m. kickoff at Memorial Stadium. South End Zone facilities being dedicated. Home opener for IU. What is going to be the score? Will IU win? Will IU lose? Those are the only two options, actually. I don't know where I was going with that. Tie. That, that's impossible. <laughs> that's not how this. That's not how any of this works. Um, I'll make a prediction. I'll well, say. Well, that's what I asked you to do. So I'm really happy that you listened to me. I'll say IU wins, but in a very close game, very high scoring game. Um, I'm gonna say it's gonna be 34 to 30. No, I'm gonna say 34 to 30. That's my prediction. 34 30. So you have someone kicking three field goals. You have Virginia making three field yep. goals in range. Yep. Sean. <laughs> I am gonna say IU wins forty to thirty-eight. Mm. What a, a safety. Game. What a game. On, On a, a safety. safety. Snap's gonna go over the quarterback's head. So no one's it's actually wet gonna out force there. the safety. It's gonna be like Virginia at their own five. And the ball's gonna go over Perkins' head and into the south end zone. It's going to go into the Tobias it's gonna be a great, Center. It's going to be a great advertising shot for the new South End Zone. you got all these <laughs> IU players celebrating the game-winning safety. 40-38. to 38. Okay, so I know I predicted IU to go 8-4 and four to start the season. Well. <laughs> we're going to ignore that for now, and we're going to nope. pretend like that never happened. Nope. Because that was a different forget. time, and I was a different So man. you're already admitting that you're wrong. I was a different man I will when never I made forget. that prediction. I was, that was pre-Miami cam. This is post-Miami cam. Never forget. That's like a. That's like a AD and BC. There's only pre Miami and post Miami. <laughs> AM and PM and, and BM. <laughs> ah, well, that's um, that's, that's a shame. That's a shame. Hate to see that. Virginia is going to win thirty-five to twenty-eight. I think IU is going to get absolutely destroyed by Bryce Perkins. You I think just flip flop so much. Look, I'm a columnist. That's my job. No, it's not. Your job's to be right firm all with the your time. Opinions. I've been wrong on literally everything I've said so far. Then on lean his into it. One Steer game. into the skid. I think Bryce Perkins is going to have himself a game against IU. I think he'll account for either three or four touchdowns with Jordan Ellis getting the other one. I just don't see any way that IU's defense is able to contain him. I think that IU's defense is going to get really exposed in this unless they've taken a massive step up in this week of preparation in between games. I think you're going to get really exposed from this podcast. I think I've gotten exposed enough. We've already talked about my lack of driving ability. Yeah, well, you deserve it. And I think on offense, IU's going to—I mean, 28 points isn't a bad game. I think they'll have some success. I think—I mean, it'd be a little bit unrealistic to whoever's a quarterback, whether it's Michael Penix or um, Peyton Ramsey, for him to have the accuracy that they had from the FIU game because they were just so on point in that game. But I think facing an ACC defense, have a bit of confidence after a big win against an FCS opponent. I just—something's not right to me about this game. This seems like a classic IU football letdown to me. Like, I mean, we've seen yeah. that before. You could, could be there, right. there's there's about five games on the schedule that could be like that. Yeah, so. I mean, I was I was thinking almost before the season Minnesota was the most important game of the year for IU. I think it's Virginia now. 
I think this game totally dictates. You think the game two games into the season is the most important? Yes, I do. I think this game is going to dictate whether they have a good season or a bad season, or at least it establishes the tone. If they come out guns blazing, beat Virginia by 20, or if they come out and grit out a win, like that's one thing. If they go out and they lose on opening night at home with the new stadium in their only actually difficult non-conference game of the season, I think that could be a real you know kind of foreshadowing moment. Maybe. Yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait yeah. and see. That's why we watch the games. That, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, final thoughts, anyone? FIU, road trip, Virginia, sunlight. Don't go to Grundy County. Don't speed in Grundy County, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. The not fun. worth it. It really isn't. Or maybe it is. I don't know. If you're a student journalist, don't do it. There we go. They don't support student journalists. If you want to go to Miami, for the love of God, fly <laughs> <laughs> and don't go see the marlins <laughs> <laughs> or do you might catch yeah, honestly the, one of the best Justin games you've ever seen yeah yeah and also we paid those tickets were 11 dollars each and we were what 20 rows away from the field we almost caught a foul ball once yeah yeah always believe in yourselves all right, and there you have it. Thank you for joining us to the latest edition of the Indiana Daily Student Football Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at IDS underscore sports. Check out our content at IDSnews.com, more specifically IDSnews.com slash sports. And be sure to be with us on Saturday night at Memorial Stadium, IU against Virginia, the home opener for the Hoosiers. They'll be either 2 or no or 1-1 one one after the game. We'll find out. Be sure to stick with us, follow us for coverage, keep it locked, and drive safely. Thank you so much.